Welcome on in into the Burning Leaf Podcast with myself, Russo, and no Tom. Just us two today diving into some Flames trade deadline talk, but it's basically a recap because the Flames got their work done early, but Russo, you're back, and now you're back with a breaking trade that came in last night from your Calgary Flames, so let us know what it is and what your thoughts are. Yeah, so the Flames go out, Brad Trey Living, getting his shit done. Um, it's been pretty incredible what he's uh, been doing this season, in season, making two trades for forwards. Obviously, the first being Tyler Foley. Um, the one that broke last night, what, a couple hours before the Flames played, Callie Yarncroke. The boy, boy, Callie, though. The boy, boy, Callie, though. Um, Callie Yarncroke to the Flames. Uh, Elliot Friedman was the first to report it. And then Dreger and Chris Johnson said, yeah, this is definitely happening. Um, Kelly Yarncroke to Calgary for a 2022 second round pick, um, which was uh, Florida's pick that they got for Sam Bennett, um, a 2023 third and a 2024 seventh. So the Flames giving up three picks in three different drafts um, for Kelly Yarncroke, a tad high of a price. Um, I think you would say for, uh, you know, more of a middle six versus out forward, but considering all the um, teams that were out there gunning for Cali Yarncroke, Washington was in it. The Kings were in it. Uh, I think the Leafs probably were sniffing around the Oilers probably too. Um, drives the price a little higher up at the deadline. Uh, Bradshaw living game is done before Monday's deadline. Um, the price probably would have been higher if this move were to be made on Monday. Um, but Yarncroke coming in for three picks, um, I think is a perfectly fine price to pay. Look, at the end of the day, this is a guy that's going to come and help your team right now. Uh, this is a guy that's – I don't know where he's going to slot in. I, I have no idea. Like, my original thought was he's going to slot in on the wing beside Coleman and Backlund, but they sent Adam Razichka down yesterday, and everybody mm-hmm. keeps saying that this guy's going to be playing center between Toffoli and Mangiapane. I guess we'll see. They're, they they do play tomorrow. They play Buffalo tomorrow. Yarncroke's supposed to get into Calgary at some point today. I imagine he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow, and I imagine we're going to get the lines tomorrow morning during morning skates. So um, people are saying, oh, is Yarncroke going to play tomorrow? Well, Tavoli played on just a morning skate. So yeah. um, I'd imagine Yarncroke's going to be in. Um, but dismissing all the line combinations and whatnot, what is Cali Yarncroke going to bring to this team? Um, quite a bit, I think. He's not going to be, I think, putting up the points that Tyler Toffoli's been putting up. He has 14 and 15 now. What a damn trade that's been. Um, but Yarncroke's probably going to come in, be more of a third liner, probably eat more defensive minutes because he's a pretty good defensive player. Uh, but this is a guy that's going to add some speed, add a little bit of skill, maybe some scoring um, to the Flames lineup. And like I said with Toffoli, one of the more important aspects of Cali Yarncroke is a right-handed shot. The Flames don't have a lot of them. Um, so it's a it's a really good move, in my opinion. We talked, you know, about it when uh, after the Toffoli trade, if there's any more trades that the Flames would like to make, what would you like to see? Cali Yarncroke was a guy I pointed out, not even this year, even last year I pointed out, mm. like, hey, Cali Yarncroke would be a pretty dope addition. So Bradshaw Living going again, another forward. Ben Sherratt's off the board, thank God. That I thought, you know, God forbid that was going to happen. Um, but they go out, they get another forward. Look, they only have three picks in the upcoming draft. I do not care yeah. about the amount of picks that they have. It's an all-in year. Bradshaw Living has pretty much gone out and addressed, this is an all-in year. 
it's a really good move. I'm very excited about it. I think, um, I think this guy, he's going to come in and just be a really solid third liner, you know, that's going to eat defensive minutes. He's probably going to play the PK. I've been seeing a lot of people saying, don't play him on the power play. Probably won't need to. Um, but it's, he's a guy that I think is going to add quite a bit here to a Flames team that probably needed a third line forward or a middle six winger um, to add into this team. It's it's a really, really good add. Big up to Brad for Living. He got something done um, for the second time in literally a month. It was a month ago on the 14th that they traded for Toffoli. And two days, uh, a month and two days later, they go out and they add Kelly Aaron Croak. So, yeah, Russell, you're a happy camper. A lot of Flames fans are happy campers right now because, like you said before, like Brad Trelewing wasn't doing these trades two a year ago, even like Tyler Pitlick. What the hell was that fourth round pick for that guy? And now you get a really better player, really better right shot player on forward in Kelly Aaron Croak. I know it's like a, I guess you could say a high price, but it's not really a high price because. You're basically trading for a guy you know what you're going to get in him, like you just said, a middle six forward. He can play up in the lineup, but he's not because the top line is just way too deadly for the Flames right now. And I think it's a really good add. A lot of, like you said, Russo, a lot of teams were interested in him, so you're definitely getting a good player because a lot of teams were interested in him. That's how good he is. He's having a pretty good year with the Seattle Kraken. Didn't start off too well, but he's having a really solid uh, year in, in Seattle, and now he goes to Calgary. Don't know what number he's going to be. 19's taken, so maybe at 91 there. I don't 91 know. would be sick. 91 would be. No one in Flames history has ever worn that number. He could be so the first. I think 91 would be pretty nice. And I was just going to say, like, he's cousins with Elias Lindholm, so I guess maybe that yes. little a little bump in that helps, yeah. right? Like, maybe they yeah, just he's, did that. He's, there, he's cousins with Elias Lindholm, and he's, like, really good friends with Jacob Markstrom. Mm-hmm. Just add another Swede. Just add, like... Markstrom, Lindholm, Shellington, Backlund, Anderson, Yarncroke. It's the infinity gauntlet of <laughs> Swedes. The infinity gauntlet of Swedes. And uh, going back to Brad Treliving, you were mad at this guy for a couple of years now for not pulling the, I guess what you call a trigger on really good forwards that they needed help, obviously scoring the playoffs the last few years. Now they get two guys who are really good and like, who could be really good in the playoffs and have playoff experiences with the, their clubs that they've, been on with the Montreal Canadiens and Nashville Predators. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this trade goes. They got to win for it to make, like, work because, like you just said, the all-in factor. And I told you before the episode started, there was someone during the intermission last night that said, the Calgary Flames are not all-in with this Yarn Kirk yeah. trade. Do you want to tell yeah. me who that is? Oh, it was uh, Eric Dushbeck Francis. You are correct, I, I so I don't understand what he was trying to get at. I don't really get it. I think he was more saying because, like, oh, they didn't trade any of their top guys, so it doesn't mean they're all in. I, exactly. What does I that even what mean? Said. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that a good thing that they didn't trade any of their top prospects to get two good players? Like, I don't get it. Like, he, he's he been – I think he's – He's pretty pissed off because they're actually doing things right. No, and it's funny because Johnny Gaudreau is having this unbelievable yeah. year, right? He's had to eat all of his words. You know how, like – I don't know if like you you I don't know how much you watch the Flames, but during intermissions now when they're talking oh, about the throw, he has he can't do anything but hype him up. But it's so funny, it's so funny. He's leading the league in five on five points, and like just over a year ago, he was talking about how all he does is get points on the power play. And this guy's been one of the best even strength scorers since he came into the league. I, it's really good. It's really good seeing Francis being pretty pissed off. Like, I don't know, whenever, like, he's on the panel and it's, like, with Corey Sarich or even when Matt Stajan's on there, like, they're always making me, like, yo, like, you're an idiot. Yeah. 
Like, especially when Stajan's on there, like, he'll be like, I remember there was a point last year like, he was talking shit about Gaudreau, and, like, Stajan was like, yo, like, he's actually sick. Like, what are you talking about? So, no, I, I don't – I have no idea what he's getting at <laughs> by saying that they're not all in. They just made a trade for a rental. If that doesn't say you're all in, I don't know what does. And Toffoli was a massive splash. I, this isn't a move for three, four years down the line. This is for right now. So, I don't know what you're talking about of – they're not all in because they didn't trade their best prospects. That's a good thing, no? Yeah. That's an awesome thing. Know. And not trading a first-round pick either. Like, Well, they did trade a first. Just for, for Toffoli, Toffoli a month ago, but in the factor that you're close to the deadline, you should be spending first-round picks because oh, yeah. you want to go on that run, but they didn't. So that's yeah. a good thing for the organization. Yeah. I, would ho- I would hope they didn't, but no, yeah, it's it's good. It's it's very happy. And, like, uh, I did want to point out, like, ba- yeah. in you know, they basically took – what they traded for Sam Bennett and, you know, and some more assets and turned them into Kelly Arncroke and Tyler Toffoli. You know, Emil Heineman was in the trade. He goes to Montreal. The second round pick that was originally Florida's goes for Yarncroke. Not bad. You know, you turn effectively a, a player that was never going to perform in Calgary into a guy who has 14 points in 15 games. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what Yarncroke does. It's pretty impressive. You know, I, I have shit on Brad Trey Living a lot, but mm-hmm. he's making me my words right now. He's been it's good. It's it's uh, it's pretty damn good. I'm I'm happy with it for sure. Um like they won last night. They didn't look great in doing it. I didn't think they had their best game last night. They outscored a lot of their problems. Um, you know, they've chased Nico Dawes for the second time that they've played the Devils this year. <clears throat> like I said, Mangiapani got his 30th, which was awesome. Yeah. Kachuk broke his night, he, he got a goal. Um, Gajero got an empty netter. I didn't even care. I'm like, point <laughs> at another point. So, no, it's a it, last night was fine. I mean, uh, I kind of wanted to touch on the Colorado game. Yeah, go ahead. I, I saw, I didn't see the first, I was at my own game, but man, like those two periods was wild. Like, what, it, like, I know the Flames lost three nothing, but that was their fifth game in seven nights. They were playing on a back to back with travel with their backup goalie in that. They didn't have Oliver Shillington. And they outshoot Colorado like forty six to thirty five. Yeah, I don't really shoot out Colorado these days. That's no, the and like mm-hmm. and Darcy Kemper played a really good game. I'm not going to go and say they got goalied because sometimes you just lose to a good goalie. And Darcy yeah. Kemper has been unbelievable since uh, the turn of uh, the new year. He's been yep. fantastic for the Avalanche. So he played a really good game. The Flames just they 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 lost, and like I wasn't even mad about it. Like at the end of the game, I was like, "What are you going to do?" Like sometimes. You just lose to the best team in the league. That's what happens, right? And like I said, to come on, you throw 46 shots on the second half of a back-to-back on the avalanche, it's pretty damn good. I mean, uh, like I said, Kemper played really well. They had their chances. They just couldn't bury. And unfortunately, that's just sometimes how it goes. McKinnon buried two, ranted and got the empty netter. Sometimes just the way it goes. That game against Detroit was really nerve-wracking. I don't know if you saw any of it. Yeah, I saw the third period. Oh, my God. That was like the most nerve-wracking game I've watched all year. They they're out shooting them thirty-one to five going into the third, and they're only at one nothing. I'm like, what is going on? And then Detroit came out in the third, like they were they pummeled Markstrom, like they put on some pretty, they made some, they got some really good chances. Markstrom made the saves on all of them, and they got a power play to Foley scores and Coleman scores that goal late in the third, and Markstrom gets his ninth shutout of the year. He's one back now of Mika Kiprasov for the franchise record. Crazy. And he's got, what, 20 games, 22 games left to do it? I'm not saying he's going to break it. 
Even if he ties it, Albe, that's unbelievable. Dude, even that's, if he's in the conversation to do Oh, it, I know. Like, like, this is – it's it's not even – it's ridiculous. Like, I was going through all the goalies that this team has had since Kipper, and it's, like, so stupid. Like, so I'm, I'm trying to think. Joey McDonald, Yoni Ortio, Red Obera, Jonas Hiller, Kari Ramo, Brian Elliott, Chad Johnson, Mike Smith, David Riddick, John Gillies, um, Eddie Lack – um, David Riddick, obviously, um, Cam Talbot, and like now it's Markstrom and Vladar, and it's like this is not even close to the best goalie they've had since Kipper. It's not even a conversation. Yeah, you said that when they signed him. Oh yeah, and it's like last year he wasn't very good. Like this year he's been unbelievable. Yeah, Elliot fun. Freeman it's was fun. right, guys. He's not going to win the Vesna because he did call and say like, "Oh, Markstrom's going to win the Vesna." He's not going to win the Vesna this year. Shesterkin, like, is very clearly, I think, going to run away with it. But, hey, to have him in that conversation, I'll, I'll take – when was the last time they had a Vesna goalie? So, it's Kipper. I did want to – just before we move on, though, to, like, what are they going to do come Monday? Yeah. You and I were, were talking about it in terms of how the feel of this team is going into the playoffs. And you were like – I was saying how different of a, how different of a vibe – this team was from the 1819 team. And you were saying it feels pretty similar. Um, I, man, I'm, it feels so different to me because every time this team has lost this year, they've bounced back and they've won. Not, not every time, but most of the time they've come back with a win, which is something they would never have done before. You know, they, they get, if, you know, even last night, like, Subban scores that goal in the second. Last year's team probably folds. <laughs> this year, they score three goals in five minutes or whatever it'll be. The biggest difference between this team and the 1819 team, in my opinion, is coaching. Daryl Sutter is so leaps and years beyond Bill Peters. Like, not even close in terms of how he's running his team and how he's perfecting everything that he's wanting his team to do. Everything he's done up until this point in the year, has been preparing for May and June. Did you hear what he said the other day when they asked him about Jack Adams? He's like, as a regular season award, I don't care. He doesn't The mindset care. you want, right? Like, Yeah, and it was even – I think Blake Coleman said it either last week or the week before. He's like, we don't care about winning a division. We want to win a cup. Mm-hmm. No one's ever said that about this team. Like, even in 1819, they, they're all talking about how cool it was to win the division. Yeah. No one cared about it. And the conference, the correct? Yeah, and the conference. They were like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool. And they don't, this team does not care because they got guys like said, Coleman, Zadorov, Goodbranson, all these older guys, Trevor Lewis, Toffoli now, guys with, you know, I shouldn't have said Zadorov and Goodbranson, but guys with experience going, going through. Um, and like I said, everything Sutter is doing is in preparation for May and June. Yeah. And which he is preparing this team for. He said it the other day. He had that really good quote about the Avalanche, where he said, "If you uh, if you're a wild card team and you're going up against the Avalanche, it's going to be a waste of eight days." <laughs> I I died when I heard that. I was like, "That's freaking hilarious!" But he was talking about how you cannot take your foot off the gas, not even for a minute, even leading into the playoffs. It doesn't matter where you are in the standings; you can't take your foot off the gas, and that's what I think the Flames of eighteen nineteen team did after the All Star break. They knew they were in. They were way up on Colorado. They were way up on Vegas. They knew they were in. They took their foot off the gas. 
and it went right into the playoffs, and they got shit, shit, they got shit stomped. Mm-hmm. I think what's the biggest thing with Sutter is he's not going to allow that to happen. He won't. He was he was pissed after last night's game. They won six three, and he was pissed. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like too many penalties. Didn't like the goals against. We outscored our way out of our problems. He was pissed, mm-hmm. and you know he's not going to take this lightly. They, in terms of the team, their top line is miles ahead of where their top so. line was three years ago. Mm-hmm. Their depth is better this time around. Obviously, adding into Foley and Yarncroke now. We'll see how Yarncroke fits in. The defense, we don't have Mark Jared Norris on the back end, um, but they're doing it by committee. You know, Hannafin, I thought, was a monster last night. The amount of times that Jack Hughes had the puck coming down on him and he gave him no space and he just took it. Like, Jack Hughes got nightmares about Noah Hannafin. He was great last night. Shellington's been great. Tan has been great. Obviously, Anderson's been on a roll lately. And they got a really good third pair in Zadorov and Branson, who thought, oh, I would have been saying that uh, on March 17th, 2022. But, and obviously, the goaltending, it's not even close to how much better it was than the 18-19 team. They went into the playoffs with Mike Smith, who was a sub-900. I think it's a way better team. And look, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. It's a different mm. monster. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, all you need is four bad games and you're done. Yeah. Um, but I feel a lot more confident in this group than I think I did with the other the other team for sure. Um, but like I said, it, it won't mean anything unless they don't do anything in the playoffs. That's correct. You know, I, I think this team at minimum should be winning two rounds. Mm-hmm. You go in a third round, you get Colorado and you lose. Oh, well, you mm-hmm. lost to arguably the best built team of the last decade. You know, maybe outside some of those Tampa teams, but yeah, man, those avalanche are wild. And they just added Manson and Nico Sturm. I think it's a pretty nice addition, but um, we'll see. I mean, I'm just, enjoying it right now though for sure so yeah you, um, Russo, i want to touch on the feeling though like with you you're very confident with me i'm confident in this team like i do agree they have this is the better team out of the 18 19 and this year this is a way better team more coach better i think management's a lot more smarter in what they're doing like i know you want young players just, to play it what? isn't it just wild that like they didn't like buy the deadline on that 18 19 team but the larry the first run with daryl sutter they're like we're all in yeah, well, because he, he definitely has an influence of what they're doing. Oh, 100%, 100%. Like, look at the guys he has in the lineup. They're role players, and what do they do? Yeah. They do their role very well. Yeah. And Especially Zadorov, like, man. Yeah. Beast. That, that third From pairing, like you region. said, it's going to be a long year for them to have those two guys, and they've been pretty good for them. But I yeah. just want to go back to the feeling. Like, I, I just have this, like, little feeling in the back of my mind. Like, I'm just like – do not do what you did in 1819. Do not overachieve and then disappoint because that's the worst thing you can do to your fan yeah. base. Oh, because then you'll never ever believe them again. And no, no. And this is the year you don't want to do that because you have a lot of contracts to sign and they're your best yeah. players that you need to yeah. sign. So yeah. if there's a year to, like you said, win two rounds, that's not a failure. I don't think so. No. I don't think it's a failure. Considering what we thought this team was going to suck at the beginning exactly. of the year, mm-hmm. you know, I think even if you win a round or two, you're telling me Johnny Gaudreau isn't going to resign. You're telling me Matthew Kachuk isn't going to want to be here. You're well, telling me not, Bonnie's not going to want. They're be definitely here. not going to Philadelphia. So <laughs> no, I know. Like everyone's still saying, "Oh, Johnny to Philly." It's not going to happen. It's like Matthew's, Matthew's to Arizona at this time. Like what? No. Yeah, exactly. And like, you're telling me if they win a couple of rounds, 
even if they say they get to the third round, they play Colorado and they, they lose in six, even seven. You're telling me Gaudreau doesn't want to come back. Tell me he'd rather go somewhere else. I don't know, man. I, I think it's, I was talking to someone at work about it. I'm like, man, they picked a really good year to be really good. <laughs> no, right. They picked like, a really good year. Cause yeah. if, like if they suck this year, they're all fucking out. Gaudreau's not staying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Chucky's taking his qualifying offer and he's dipping. So is Mangiapani. Man, they pick. Thank God for Daryl Sutter, man. Thank God. Okay, Russo, I want to touch on something that I think, I don't know if it's a need for this team, but defensemen. I know they had Giordano, they lost him in expansion. You were really mad. And a lot of Flames fans were mad as well. But do you see them getting a, you know, not a Mark Giordano esque defenseman at the deadline, but do you see them getting a really solid depth piece that could. You know, he, even if he's scratched, he goes in the lineup for a couple of games in the playoffs and does his work and does it work well. Like, do you see a defenseman coming over from another team and then yeah. doing that on the deadline for, like, what, a fourth, third, fifth? I don't know. Yeah, I think they do. I think um, if this is the one time for Brad Trailer to go out and get a, a depth team in, this is definitely the year, I think, to do it. Um, look, they've been practically injury-free all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shillington just missed a couple games. I think Hannafin missed one game earlier in the year. Um, it was against Pittsburgh. Um, but they've been really injury-free. Knock on wood, they continue to be that way. Um, but we saw Shillington miss two games against Detroit and Colorado. And Mike Stone played with Chris Tanev. And shout out Mike Stone. He did an admiral job. He wasn't even bad. I was like, wow, like, this guy's is only his fourth game of the year, and he's taking out Nathan McKinnon on the one-on-one. I was like, whoa, like, that's like, I was like, I was ridiculous. He was playing the left side, even though he was a right shot. Like, shout out Mike Stone. He played admirably. Not what you'd want in the playoffs is him having to step in on your second pair. Um, they got depth in the minors. Like, Vela Mackey's still down there. Connor Mackey's there. Johannes Schenvall, who he's only played, I think, about 13 games, but he's one of the higher end, higher end D prospects on the Flames. Um, I do think there's going to be a move for a depth D. I don't know who it is. Like, I think um, Kent Hughes today was talking about how he doesn't want to trade Brett Kulak, but if a move is there, he'll do it. Kulak, to me, would be a really nice addition, but um, I don't know if that's a guy that would be too happy if he was scratched all the time. Like, he's playing too well to be a number seven. He's been, like, a really good top four in Montreal the past couple of years. Like, especially this year, he's been great. Um, Dean Kukin is available out of Columbus, is why I think Friedman was saying. I wouldn't hate him. Troy Stetcher out of the out of Detroit, I think, would be, you know, that's a guy that you can step in and you know he can play on your third pair or even top four if he has to. Um, you know, there's some guys out there like I, there's going to be some dude that's just going to be the most random, like another Oscar Fandenberg kind of thing. Where it's like, what the hell? It's like that guy, but um, it's going to have to be someone that's probably making under a million bucks, and it's going to have to be someone who is a UFA at the end of the year or even RFA at the end of the year. I, I don't think it can be someone with term just because the flames have like right now they're sitting at like $125,000 worth of cap space or something. Like they don't have much. Uh, let me just make sure. Yeah. They have 125,000 projected cap space. It's not much. Um, and then obviously once the playoffs come cap doesn't matter, they can bring up all their black aces, but Stockton's playing so well right now. They're like the best team in the AHL. They might go on a run. You may not have those guys available to you, like a Valamaki or a Connor Mackey. You might not have those players available. So 
I do think they're going to make some type of move for a defenseman at the deadline. I don't know who, um, but I do think some type of depth demand they're going to bring in um, just as insurance in case one of your top six go down. I think for sure they're going to. And like I said, they got Val Mackey and Mackey and Myers. Those are two guys that you can bring in and can play on your third pair. Like Val Mackey's done it. We've seen him do it. Um, so we'll see. I, I definitely think there's going to be a move for a defenseman. I, I, I think they're done up front unless there's some major move that's going to happen, which I don't think there's going to be. I think Trey Loving's pretty happy with the team that he's assembled. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think definitely for sure a defenseman, though. <laughs> that's what I kind of wanted on the Leafs depth defenseman. Maybe a Mark Giordano-esque type player. Maybe even him, Mark Giordano uh, himself. Yeah. But... The thing is, just like, it's not that is he better than Oliver Shillington? Is he better than Nikita Zadorov? Probably. But you got three pairs right now that are rolling. Like, yeah. you really want to break one of those pairs exactly. up. Exactly. That's where, where I'm at. And again, they, won't even, they wouldn't even be able to fit his cap hit even at 50% retained. Um, under under the cap, like bringing back Geo would be so cool, and I, I know there's a lot of people that have said we've moved on from the Geo era, and I probably agree with that. But man, if they were able to bring him back, that'd be pretty cool to have him play. Like that would be like great insurance to have yeah. as a guy in your top four, you know, as just another guy. But then again, like who comes out? Like is it Shillington that comes out? Is it Zadorov who comes yeah. out? is it good Branson who's been on your top PK unit the whole year and has done really well on it. Like, I, I don't know if there's a move there to be made, which is why I think depth is the way to go. Cause their yeah. top six has been so strong. I'd agree. I'd, I'd strongly agree with that. You don't want to mess up what you have right now because it's been yeah. working and Daryl Sutter seems to be <laughs> pretty reliant on all those six guys that are going into the lineup, yeah. but there's someone, there's one person that isn't reliant this year. And you could have said this for a number of years from this player Number 23, Sean Monaghan, one of your favorite players of the Flames era. One of my favorite players from the Flames yeah. era. Just watching and listening to you talk all those times at the table in high school and then throw university or college at Humbert. Like, this guy was so good. Locked for 30 goals. We always said this, me yeah. and you. Like, locked for 30 goals. And damn sleep. now he has eight goals. And is this a player they could be trying to move on at the deadline or the offseason? Like, which is a better fit and move? I, I would think the offseason, but yeah. what do you think? I don't know if they're going to be able to move him at the deadline. Like, he's got a $6.3 million cap hit. Um, he's got a 10-team no-trade list. So he, they would have to cater to his, you know, his liking. They would have to submit 10 teams. I don't think it's going to happen in season. Reason being, like, him and Goudreau are still best friends. You know, I think even though his performance has dropped, I, I don't think it's a guy that they want to move right now. Sure. Are they going to have to move him? Are they going to have to move him in the offseason? Probably. Because he makes 6.3 for another year. And they like I touched on earlier, they got some big guys that they got to re-sign. Um, it's going to be tough to move him because of the production. I don't think they do it at the deadline, though. I think they're pretty set with it. If you go in the playoffs with Monaghan or your 4C, and if, God, if he figures it out, if he starts scoring again, like, that's another boost. Like, I was talking to a couple of my buddies last night, and it's like, imagine this Flames lineup if Monaghan was the Monaghan of 18-19, if it was the Monaghan of 17-18, even 16-17. Like, how different does this team look? 
if you have Monaghan fire on all cylinders. It's a completely different team. You have a legitimate 2C then. Like if your 1-2-3 was Lindholm playing as he is right now, Monaghan how he was playing, Backlund really in a 3C spot, strictly shut down, and then you have Dubé or Razichka or whoever as your 4C, like how much different does that change the complexion of the team? Probably quite a bit. Look, at the end of the day, this isn't Sean Monaghan's fault. No one asked him to get as many wrist surgeries as he had. No one asked him to get the hip surgery he had last year. Mm-hmm. No one asked him to learn how to rewalk and learn how to reskate. No one asked him for all this. And I, I tweeted the other day, and it actually got a lot of got a lot of likes and whatever. And a lot of people were responding, saying, "Yeah, like I'm in the same boat as like, look, this guy was so good for so mm-hmm. many years, you know, and." He, uh, out of like after Iggy left, he was like the only bright spot for until Gaudreau came along. You know, this guy was touted as the next captain from when he was 18 years old. You know, and he was scoring like we had never really seen out of a flame center in a while. He gained that chemistry with Gaudreau really quickly, and they were they were one of the best duos for years. You know, it, it's. I see a lot of people saying, get him out of here. He sucks. I hate this guy. He he got his money and he and he dipped. Like no, no this not. isn't his fault. It, the, the people who failed him is management for making him play through all these injuries. Yeah. In 17-18, he played like the last 20 games down the stretch with like four different injuries. Do you remember at the end of that yeah, year yeah. he had like a cast and he had like four different surgeries? It was like he had a hernia, he had wrist surgery. Last year, from like game six, he, he couldn't take a face off. Whoever made him play, and you know what? Maybe it was Monaghan. Maybe it yeah. was him saying, I want to play. But at some point, they should have just said, no, you're done. Sean, you're done. Because this isn't worth your career. I don't know if he's ever going to be the same player again. God, I hope, even if it's somewhere else. I hope he can figure it out, and I hope, like, he's 27 years old, man. I know, man. Like, he's so he's young. so young. It's not fair. It's it's not fair. And you know what? Like, the day he gets moved, if it's on Monday or if it's in the offseason, it's going to be a really, really sad day for me because I love this guy. He's, he, like I said, he was my favorite flame for years. Yeah, you basically up grew until, up on him. Like you basically Yeah, basically probably until Chucky came around. This guy was my number one. You know, I met the guy. He was, like, the nicest dude ever. It's going to be a shitty day when they move him. I don't think it's Monday. I, it's probably in the offseason. They're probably going to have to unload him. But, yeah, it, 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 it sucks for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of rumors going on our trade deadline. We talked about the depth defense when we talked about the trades that Flames do. We talked about the Leafs, the, uh, the trades that they will probably maybe even do uh, in, in another episode that we did on Tuesday with just me and myself and Tom. But I, I think that pretty much wraps everything up. Like, I think we're in for a really boring trade deadline. I'm not going to yeah. lie because we saw Benny Sherratt move yesterday, Callie Arncrook move yesterday. Now the, it's the Leafs' turn. Uh, Yep, Thomas Hurdle signed that big deal, so he's not moving. I don't, I don't understand what the hell San Jose's doing, but I mean, if you really wanted to keep Hurdle, there you go. But I, I do, I do wonder if Giroux's going to move. I don't think it's going to be Florida. They don't have a first this year or next year, so it really wouldn't make sense for 
Philly to move him to Florida. Um, does that move the Avs into contention for Giroux? I don't know. They did just put Landeskog in LTIR. There's your money. There's your space. Um, I don't know. I, I I am working on Monday, so maybe it's a good thing I'm working because <laughs> the last the, the last trade deadline I stayed home for when I was when we were in high school, and like the only notable move that happened was like Jerome McGinley got traded to LA for like a fourth, and I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, and the Curtis Lazar trade happened too, and I was like, oh Curtis Lazar for for a second, that's that's cool. This guy sucks, but that's okay. Um, no, I don't think like like I said last week, unless it's like. Stevie Eiserman coming out of nowhere and just pulling a bomb out of his out of his like it's like, oh yeah, look, I got this. And it's just boom. And then he breaks hockey Twitter for an hour. Like, who knows? Yeah. I, I don't know. I I do like, yeah, nothing's probably gonna happen. Like, is Chicker not injured now? Like, did yeah, he get injured? injured and like, like he's not getting moved. Who's gonna trade for him? No one wanted to trade for Eichel. Oh, those okay. golden knights. Hey, well, we should talk, we'll talk about them next week. Oh, oh buddy. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Here comes the VGK. Here comes the Vegas Golden Knights. I was looking at, like, their cap friendly, though. They got, like, eight players injured. And, like, it's, like, Patch, I think Stone, Pacioretty, Yar, uh, Yanmark, Leonard, Martinez. They got, they got basically a whole team on LTIR right now. I think they're paying more guys on LTIR than actually paying guys in the Probably. roster. Wouldn't surprise me. All right. I think that wraps everything up. The Burning Leaf Podcast will be back next week. See you then.